Multi-platinum singer-songwriter Christina Perry has earned critical applause and an increasingly fervent fan following since the arrival of her extraordinary platinum-certified 2011 debut, Love Strong, which featured the six-times platinum-certified Smash, Jar of Hearts, and gold-certified Arms. Perry followed Love Strong with the worldwide hit single, A Thousand Years, exclusively featured on the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1 and 2, original motion picture soundtracks. The RIAA Diamond Certified track was a multi-format radio favorite and accompanied by an equally popular companion video, now boasting over 2 billion individual views via YouTube alone. Head or Heart, Perry's acclaimed Gold Certified second album, arrived in 2014, highlighted by the RIAA three-times platinum certified single, Human. Perry kicked off 2019 with Songs for Carmella, Singalongs and Lullabies, a collection of songs the acclaimed singer-songwriter sang to her daughter every day, released on Carmella's first birthday. More recently, Perry released the poignant single Tiny Victories, a track she wrote for the HBO documentary Foster, which made its premiere in spring of 2019. In November of 2021, she released Songs for Rosie in honor of her daughter on what would have been her first birthday. Perry released her third full-length album, A Lighter Shade of Blue, in 2022 to rave reviews. The album features lead singles including Evergone and Mothers. She has just wrapped recording of two more yet-to-be-announced children's albums. Thank you for watching another Change the Air episode here for the summit. Um, this episode is with Christina Perry. Christina Perry, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for asking me. I am honored. Well, I want to dive right in here. And okay. the first question I have is, how did you first discover how important it is to have a safe and healthy environment? Oh my gosh. This is this is a whopper of an answer. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> well, I have to go back and, and think exactly where I want to begin because uh, the truth is, I had absolutely no awareness whatsoever of air quality, right? I never probably even heard that phrase in my 20s. I'm 36 now. I traveled the whole world probably in like a zillion different air qualities, the hotels, airplanes, all those things. Didn't realize any effect it had on me. Uh, it wasn't until I owned a house and started a family that like, I guess I just, you could call it roots. I guess I was just like in a place all the time. And I started to realize, um, you know, how I felt honestly, like overall quality of health or overall, um, you know, quality in my home or, or whatever that would be. And, and so I wish this story was like, I don't know, a more positive one where it's like, I've, found out about it or realized it or had a minor symptom. And then, you know, my eyes were opened and I entered this world and I never left. But the truth is it was like really tragic what my family went through um, in order to realize the importance of air quality, the importance of, um, you know, the health in your house. So uh, that's where, you know, that's my preface, I guess I'm saying just, it's a warning about how, um, how sad this story starts. And then honestly, it has like the cutest, happiest ending ever. So hang in there, I guess is my, is what I want to say. 
Um, but I don't want to miss anything. I want to be really honest because I think that's more relatable to people who were like me that really just had no awareness whatsoever. And I'm also like a healthy person, I want to say. So I'm like very inquisitive. I always ask a million questions. I also have a bunch of doctors. I always go when I have a symptom, like I'm really on top of it. I thought, you know, as far as like the health world goes and I'm always open to new treatments and I'm like, you know, on the crunchier side and, you know, and I just want to, um, you know, I just want to feel good. And, and because my body is my job, like my voice and my, um, you know, like traveling all over the world, like I need to be healthy. So I did always kind of hold that up kind of higher, like, you know, always going to the ENT for my vocal cords. So the fact that I missed some of this stuff, it still is, is, is shocking to me because I'm just like that. I thought aware of health. Um, I just want to acknowledge you for a second. Cause you know, this, this definitely was not your fault. Right. And right. okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we are, we are here today to educate and make people aware of this. Right. And so we, we are going to help the people stop suffering from this stuff. And um, yeah. I wasn't aware of this in my twenties either until I was smacked in the face with it. And so, you know, okay. it, so that's you know, a common thing. This is a common thing. You know, like the people that are watching right now, some of them are going to be like, oh yeah, I know all about this stuff. And some people are going to be, wow, I had no idea this is going to have a profound yeah. effect. Cool. Well, thank you for saying that. So, right. So I definitely fall into that category where, you know, I just didn't know about it until it, it had, um, it became very important. And so basically, um, I was living in New York city when I met my husband, um, in 2017, we became pregnant with my first daughter, Carmela. Um, it was my first pregnancy and we were living in the city and everything was normal. And I actually speak a lot in other podcasts and fertility things on that whole story. So I won't like focus too much on the fertility side, but I have to mention that that's, that's where my story sort of begins. Um, so I was pregnant with Carmela and I had a normal pregnancy. I only know it was normal in hindsight. And, uh, and then we had her in January of 2018. And a couple months later, we moved to New Jersey. So we were in New York and then we were in t New Jersey and we moved into a 200 year old house. Um, which by the way, is like really celebrated in New Jersey. It's like, wow, how old's your house? You know? And it's, well, my house is this old. And it's like, you know, I guess that's a cool thing. Now officially it's ruined forever for me, but whatever, we'll get there. Um, so we moved to this town called Montclair. It's super cute, but every house is very old. And, uh, and so we moved there and we're thinking we're going to have just like this cute little life that we wanted that Paul, my husband, and I wanted to have that we had like growing up in a suburb and, you know, Paul was still commuting in and out of Manhattan. And and I was just like at the house with Carmela and we had room for our whole families were both Italian and uh, our families could come and stay. We had a bunch of bedrooms. It was kind of the dream. I'm not going to lie. It yeah. was like very, you know, American culture, like check this off your list, like the dream, uh, the family, the house, the pool, you know, what I pick a fence. Yeah. The, the in-laws nearby. I mean, it was like really kind of dreamy. And, um, and so we lived there for, uh, about a year. We were traveling back and forth while we were there. I want to say I was always working in Nashville or LA and then coming back. So we weren't there like every single day, but we were there a lot. And then that was 2019 and I became pregnant again. Um, 
the fall of 2019. By January of 2020, I miscarried that pregnancy. Uh, And that to me was not a red flag because miscarriage is so common. It's now one in six uh, or one in four women. Um, And, you know, we're kind of like breaking the stigma on that where it's just like everyone's talking about it more. So when it happened to me, I sort of was like, wow, this is sort of the risk some, you know, that you take when you get pregnant and it's really common and there's like conversation around it. And I was devastated. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't think like, oh, something must be gravely wrong because I had a miscarriage. Like I thought, okay, well I have, you know, my daughter Carmel and that was normal, but you know, maybe this is just harder than I thought. Maybe I just got lucky the first time or, you know, I I don't know what I truly thought, but I didn't have what I noticed as symptoms of any other issue. Um, and so that was January of 2020. What happened next was the pandemic, right? Our, our global trauma for all of us. So the pandemic happens, uh, you know, March of 2020. And then I'm in this house for 168 days without leaving. Um, I want to mention that because I think it's really important that I didn't Mm -hmm. ask, uh, while I was in our house, um, you know, we had a two-year-old, so running around making our house like a preschool. We had like, we're like painting the walls. I mean, it was like insane, right? <laughs> While that's all happening, I got pregnant. And I thought, oh, great, because like getting pregnant's not easy now that I know like about fertility. And so I thought, oh, well, if I'm pregnant, I must be healthy. You know, that must have just been a genetic randomness, you know, that I lost the baby, uh, the second pregnancy. So if I'm pregnant again, it must mean my body is fine. And it, you know, so here we go. So I'm pregnant. Like a lot of people got pregnant in the pan pandemic. Right. And, uh, but I'm in this house for, for, from May, I got pregnant in April, April, May, June, July, August, September, you know, we're just in this house in Montclair. And, um, what happens in November is really sad. And I had a full term pregnancy loss, uh, almost for full term. She was 34 weeks, um, almost 35 and her name's Rosie and we lost her. She was stillborn. And honestly, you know, my whole world stopped. I could, I could talk a lot about that also. And I'm, I'm, I'm open to always, but, um, it really, really changed me, my husband, our daughter. It was like the most, it was the saddest thing in the whole world, but also, Oddly, like, you know, we were more loved than I've ever felt in my whole life, more than my whole career. Our families took care of us, like uh, millions of strangers I never met were praying for us and sending us love and writing to us. And, you know, it was just all of a sudden, like, I don't know, I want to say the next chapter of my life. Like it really did open up a whole new world in, you know, many sad ways, but also many beautiful ways. And and I'll get to that too. I'm, I now have distance from, and I can look back and see, you know, it's tragic what happened. Absolutely. And I, I do feel like when people have pregnancy loss or any kind of real trauma like that, like it's not super helpful to say everything happens for a reason. I I've come to grasp, like, you know, how things feel when, when, when you're on that side of the grief and people are trying to make you feel better and they say all these things. And a lot of times it doesn't help. And I kind of like thought about why. And the truth is the way I look at it now is like, I don't think it happened for a reason, but I think I took something really tragic and tried to make something beautiful and helpful from it. And I also just want to say 
thank you to you for doing this work, because I think that that's going to not only help a lot of people, but I wonder if it's also part of your purpose in life to, you know, take something tragic you went through and make, you know, something beautiful from it and help people with it. So I think that's like our real only option sometimes when it comes to pain, like, you know, we can really crumble from it and maybe we do for a bit, which I did, but then if we can come out of it and like try to make something with it or for others, you know, from it, I think it's a really, I think it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, that's what happened. And I, my whole world was blown open. And then I got really curious. So I have to say the gift here is the curiosity, I think, because sometimes like, and I've noticed this after talking to a bajillion people and becoming the mold police and, uh, you know, seeing how people react to that word. And I feel like some people just really want to bury their head in the sand. And that's okay because I understand where that comes from. That's a place of either trauma, pain, or, you know, over being overwhelmed or overstimulated or whatever. And like, I get it because for a little while I felt that way too. But I will say I'm really grateful for this gift of wanting to know what happened, wanting to know why, wanting to investigate and like getting really passionate about it. So if you're in a place where you're in somewhere in between, you know, I'm going to always suggest to run into the fire. I think finding answers was even more comforting for me than, than not knowing, but you know, everyone's on their own journey. So anyway, this is a really long answer, by the way, I'm just going, we're still on question number one. You know, there, 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 I could not, uh, I could not stop you once you're flowing. I mean, the way in which, you know, first off, I just, I'm sorry for what you went through, you know, um, and I'm so I, it, I'm fortunate. And I know that you are fortunate too, that you have come out of this bearing a gift in the face of loss. Right. And I think that is um, not, it's, it's not easy to do and not everyone bears that same fruit. Sure. Uh, when I look at your, the curiosity piece of this, I think that is um, I, me like you uh, have that dying curiosity which is really how I ended up here in this, this place um, of bothering to ask why. And, you know, I'm from New Jersey as well. And uh, I started seeing people getting sick after hurricane Sandy. Right. And that didn't make sense to me. Like so many people that are listening that are going to say, or maybe that are burying their head in the sand. I was probably one of those people until it was so abundantly obvious to me that I could no longer bury my head in the sand. I mean, right. mo- many of us grew up, um, you know, if, if you're around our age or older, you grew up in this world where you just like painted over stuff or like threw bleach on stuff. And so sure. you never really looked at air quality as this huge, important thing, which as we're learning more and more about today is it's how important it actually is. And <clears throat> you mentioned a little bit about how, you know, people do bury their, their head in the sand. So I'm guessing that if you're saying that you must have some sort of uh, pushback when you're talking about it with people. What's that, what's that like? Well, it's interesting because I mean, I do joke and call myself the mole police. And so I can't imagine like you at parties and functions (laughs) and and people's houses and like, (laughs) you know, like it's like your job. Um, But I, I speak about it so much now. I have to really stop myself sometimes because people, I mean, I know you're going to agree with me. Like they, their faces change when you bring it up. Like people, 
I mean, here's yeah. the thing. <clears throat> I want to be really sensitive because the truth of the matter, which by the way, that was just my setup. I didn't even get into like when I found out anything that was just like to relate in a sense. Um, what it's about to happen in my story is when I discover when I hear the word mold for the first time, by the way, like I never even, it was just not even part of my vocabulary, but anyway, I want to say it is extremely sensitive. It's extremely subjective and also it's really expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So I also think it's a luxury a bit and we can talk about that and how we Mm -hmm. can dream about changing that because, you know, my parents who are hairdressers, my grandmother who is retired, like, She's got a water stain on her ceiling. You know what I mean? I can't stop staring at it. <laughs> and like, you know, I want to help her. But like, what does that look like for an 80, a 92 year old to where to begin? You know, and I, I'm not going to freak anyone out. I just mean, <clears throat> it's not like sometimes it's the pushback is really just someone going, oh, wow, I never thought of that. But sometimes it's also like, yeah, I've thought of that and I I can't afford to do it or sure. Or it's the, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not me. I don't have mold. Do you know what I mean? Like there are people yeah. who are just like, so like certain that they don't have mold. And I'm like, oh, really do the house? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I try very hard to just be kind and gentle because I'm just like, but here's the thing. Like I have been traumatized, right? I also right. Been in therapy for 25 years. Like I know that I am like deeply, deeply affected and not everybody is. And we can also talk about this because I've done so much research on this. My body reacted to the, you know, air quality and the mold and the mycotoxins and all these things different than my husband and different than my daughter. We all have different genetic makeups, right? So I, my toxicity bucket was overflowing because I had other viruses. And so I was sicker than others. I was pregnant that, so I was autoimmune compromised. So I did get sick, you know? So the only saving grace here is sometimes when I'm, when I do talk to people about this, like there are people in the world who are much healthier than me. So like, you know, they can come around it in a different way. They can maybe do different versions of things. I had to be super extreme because I, because of my story and because of, I wanted to have a baby and I needed to detox my body and all these things we'll get into, you know? So I don't know how you do it because I am like always trying so hard to like read the room. Like when I come around, like if I'm at a hotel, I mean, like I've changed rooms because I can see things, you know, like I am just that person now. I can't unsee it, unthink it, you know, and even smell it sometimes, you know? So like I am trying always to to say the right thing and do the right thing. But the truth is like, it's important. It's really important. And I don't know how not to say something. I have written people blindly that don't even know me that will never be my friend, I'm sure. But I've read their story or heard they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, ooh, you know, do I, do I not, do I, you know? (laughs) And as I'm sure you know, you just, you do. Because it's like, I feel it's important to say something, you know? You know, I think what what you're bringing up is there's there's a stigma around this, like a bad one, right? And um, I think yeah. that is really preventing progress from taking right. shape. And yeah. and I think we have to come together as a society and kind of dispel this stigma. First off, if I have mold, it's because I have a home. It's because the home wasn't built properly or wasn't maintained properly or whatnot. Could have seven years of or seven different owners, right? Depending on the age of the home. You are, it doesn't mean that you don't have a clean home, right? That, that's, sure. that's step one. 
the step two is, you know, if we're not accepting this fact, then when we take 20,000 breaths per day and we're breathing this crap in, and as you say, your toxic bucket overflows and you start to now get pushed over the edge and you now are not feeling well, well, you're going to want to be able to get down to the root cause. And we can't argue today is the root cause air quality is the root cause, something else that makes you susceptible to this illness because of poor air quality. We're not going to solve that battle today, but what we are going to solve is that air quality obviously is, is inherently important and it's more important than we realize. And, you know, we can be, they say, what is it? uh, Ignorance is bliss. So we can be ignorant to it and we can keep sweeping under the rug. But I think all of our goals are to be healthier, to be around more for our children, to have, you know, more meaningful relationships. Well, that was going to require a quality of life right? That, that we need to be able to have, and that's going to require some, some health. Um, so I think it's, you know, without further ado, I think we have to kind of finish your story in terms of somebody had to mention the word mold to you. And then we got to get down to that. A little angel. Okay. So basically we go through this tragedy and we had just, I mean, this is so crazy. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to write a book uh, because like, I think about sometimes that what happened in the next maybe eight months that I'm about to tell you is so unbelievable that it would be like, if I always imagine someone reading this story and being like, oh, no way. And then like, no, no. And like, it just like, (laughs) you keep thinking it's going to get better and it just keeps getting worse for a while. So that's um, what happened next. And uh, and so we're living in Montclair. And w- during the pandemic, we bought a house in California. It was, you know, the prices were really low. We were all sitting around not doing anything anyway. And I was like, oh, maybe we should get like a um, an Airbnb. You know, let's get a house in L.A. because I'm always there. And I always spend so much money renting a house. And I was like, let's buy a property and have a piano, but also have a crib and like things that families need that are musicians. And anyway, so I come up with this idea and we, we buy this property and, uh, I had no idea it was going to be our refuge, you know, eight months later, but we, we buy this house in a neighborhood I've always wanted to live in and I'm furnishing it like from across the country, from New Jersey with a guy I hired in LA and, you know, we're just preparing for it to be an Airbnb and um and then we lose Rosie and then it's Christmas like it was all a blur but i remember saying to Paul two things one is i need to go to LA because i have an OBGYN there who is like an advocate for for women and i i just know that she'll sit with me and help me figure out what happened because once i worked through some of the grief i really like i said i needed to know what happened and that and that's also just the way my brain is that that i knew that's how i'd feel a little bit better um So I was like, I want to go see this doctor who I love. And also like, I want our family to be in the sunshine. Like we bought this house in LA, like let's get out of New Jersey. Like I just had this intuitive, a little late, but an intuitive, like, you know, let's go, let's go to LA. Also my friends are all here. Like there was a lot of reasons. So we didn't know when we left that we would absolutely never go back to that house. Um, But that's what happened. We packed for a month to go to LA and then we never returned. So while we were going through Christmas, I believe it was Christmas week, my best friend who had told me she had mold poisoning that went in one year and out the other a year before that, I just felt like, oh gosh, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Never heard of that before in my life. Never even stuck around in my brain. 
she's my best friend. She said, Christine, I really think you should test your house and your blood for mold or for mycotoxins for a toxic, do a toxicity report. However, she said it. And I was like, uh, I was like, why, what, like, what, what is that? Like, I like start asking her and she's like, well, and now I know she's like me. She just wants to like save the world. And she's like, well, you know, even if it's not that, at least you can rule it out. Cause she knew I was going to LA to start my investigation of what happened and why I lost to, you know, my pregnancy and then my, my, my baby Rosie. So I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll just rule it out. So someone came to my house and took a vial of blood. I sent it in to this company that does toxicity tests. Um, at the same time, I ordered a ERMI test and I just wiped my vents. I even think she did it. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Wipe my vents? Like, what, what does that mean? Like this house is so old. Like there's, there's dust everywhere. Like I, I like, I was slightly overwhelmed and she was like, I'll do it. And so literally she did, she came, she wiped on my vents. It, they were black, you know, the, 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 uh, little Swiffers or whatever. She puts them in an envelope. She sends them out. So out goes my blood, out goes the, the ERMI test. And, um, we moved to LA on January 1st, 2021, or we go to LA. We didn't know we were moving and we go. And I want to say it took like two weeks from whenever or three weeks from, from that date, maybe about 20 days or so. And what's interesting is that I got the results all around the same time, my blood work and the, um, the dust and also my OBGYN. So I, I, it was, it was quite a day. I, I, I even remember going in, uh, we have like a treadmill and, uh, and I remember walking on the treadmill because I was so overwhelmed by all the information I had just received. And all of it made me like just burst into tears. Um, my OBGYN discovered that I have, um, antiphospholipid syndrome, which was like sticky blood. It's a blood clotting disorder. I was never diagnosed with it. Um, she realizes that I have this, which is good information because then there's a solution and, you know, you can take blood thinner and, and, and have a full-term pregnancy and a baby who's alive and all that stuff. Right. And that I information I got first. And I was like, okay, well, why? Like, how did that happen? Like, so I heard it and that's good news. But also I was like, but how did that happen? When did that happen? Why didn't I have that when I had Carmela? Like, you know, the, the wheels are turning right. and the timeline. And then she's telling me like all these things that started to make sense when we moved to New Jersey. So all of a sudden my timeline is looking like, oh, I was really healthy before we moved to New Jersey. Now all of a sudden I'm not, I had a thyroid issue. I was took thyroid medication. Um, I had this thing with my ovary and then I had that miscarriage and then I had, um, all this blood clot, like all of it is like, whoa, 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 whoa. So in my head, it's all going through. And then I get my blood work back and I was off the charts, uh, with mycotoxins with almost every, every mold on the list, uh, in the red, in the red, in the red, in the red. And as you know, you see sort of like what your blood looks like now and then your your um, antibodies that are fighting it. And my body made no antibodies. Like it was like I had no fight against it. So I did my husband's blood work. He had mold exposure and mycotoxins, but he had a ton of antibodies that were fighting it. So he had less symptoms, was less sick, you know, and, and even my daughter Carmela. I didn't test her at this time, though, because I had no idea this was even a thing. First, it was me. Then I tested them. 
and she had it in her urine, but she's a little child. So they just push it out, you know, from way quicker and better than adults. Um, so anyway, that was my blood. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Right. That changed my whole world. And then the Ermi test came back and it was like, I mean, honestly, I think it was your uncle or no, it was Jason and, um, yeah. So it was my, my cousin in law, your cousin. law. Okay. I know you're all related, right? (laughs) So it was like the guy who did, uh, the person that we called to read the report was like, this is an incredibly unsafe environment. You know, I would never return to this home. I remember him saying that. And so, you know, that's a lot. At least, at least we can laugh about it now. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. And wait, that, you know, that's not even the end of the story. So I, I, let me just power through here. So, so we find that out about Montclair. So we don't go back. Right. Um, what's really most important is my health. So at least we had gotten out of the house and we can go into why the house was like that. Let me just say, like, we found out, you know, um, there was no ventilation in the walls. So the house was so old and there was no ventilation in the attic. So when the moisture was supposed to go up and out the top of the house, it was explained to us that the moisture went up and back in. So the walls were actually filled with it. <clears throat> there was no visible mold, except if you looked in our basement where our gym was, there was like this pump, this sub pump maybe. And I yeah. think right around it or under it, there was a little bit of mold, but I wouldn't have looked. It was not. Also, our... HVAC system or pipes or uh, water heater, our water heater in the basement, in a door that I never even went in, had a couple spots on it. I just want to say that because visually that would not have been alarming. It could be dust. It could just right. be, you know what I mean? Like people don't know. I know this is like your whole world. Like, But for, for someone who knows nothing about it, that would never alarm me. When I saw a picture of our water heater that just had some dots on it, it could have been dirt. So there was no visible signs of like, boom, this house has mold. No. And there was a leak in above our couch. We had like dripping water once and I believe we fixed it, which is like what most people do. (laughs) Leaks fixed. We're good. Oh my God. What I know now makes me sweat. I can't even think about just a leak. You know, my friend had a leak the other day and I was just like, oh. How do I tell them? You know what I mean? Like, so you're like sending them, you know, prayers when they have a leak now, when you are all have the awareness of what this can can actually do. Yes. So, yeah. So we had just like nothing obvious, you know, that's really important to note because like some people have very obvious, some people go, oh yeah, I've got, I've got mold on my ceiling. You know, like we couldn't even see any, and this was so unhealthy for us. And so, um, you know, it also was 200 years old. So they had like painted and painted and built and built and did an addition and did everything but remediation, right? Which is what I now know. But we didn't know that at the time. So all we were told is don't go back to that house. Now I will say we were so fortunate we had this other house. Like I can't believe we had another house. Like most people don't have another house, you know? So we were able to be in in our house in LA for one month. And on February 6th, 2021, we were in our new rental or we'd bought it, but our, you know, was going to be our Airbnb house that now we're going, oh, wow, this is our new residency. We're not going back to LA. All these things are changing. 
And we walk in our bedroom, our master bedroom, and the ceiling in the master bedroom is leaking into the bed. And I remember looking at Paul going, what did you do? Because our, our, our comforter was soaked. <laughs> and he's like, me, what did you do? Because like, it was just wet in the center. And then I swear, I'll never forget. This is like, I just make a movie of us looking up, you know, and seeing that it was coming from the center of the bedroom and the center of our ce- ceiling, which is like a, a cathedral ceiling. Yeah. So I'm like, now when I tell you, this is not even a joke. My daughter, Carmela, still sometimes draws a bed and a leak and water in it. Like we were so <laughs> traumatized by this experience. I want no one to go through this. Like this is why I'm so passionate about it because like, oh, we just like find out in New- that our house in New Jersey is so moldy that we have to get rid of all of our things and never go back to that house again. Then I find out that I have a blood clotting disorder that I have decided is caused by the toxicity in my blood. Right. And I only, I said that no one can confirm that for me because you know, you can't, we can't go back in time and, and test me throughout those, those years. Right. But I know for sure that um, I developed all these symptoms after moving to the house. So I have decided that that the mycotoxins and the viruses and all the things that my body was fighting, like created this blood clotting disorder, which then caused my miscarriages, the, the blood clots. That my OBGYN did confirm because I have tested positive for the antiphospholipid syndrome. Uh, so... <clears throat> That happened to us. Then we come out to LA to seek refuge, and now our ceiling leaks in our in our safe house. So I can't mess around because I now am doing a mold detox because I find out that I'm so highly allergic because I have so much of it in my body. I'm doing a cell core, uh, super intense, aggressive um, detox for my body and. Um, you know, with binders and I'm doing it with a nutritionist and I'm uh, sitting in a sauna every day and I'm, and I'm um, taking all these pills that make me feel a little bit sick, but I know I'm like getting it out and I'm clearing my drainage pathways and cleaning out my liver. And, oh gosh, it was so overwhelming. And then all of a sudden the house is leaking. So I say, we got to go. Like, I can't be in this environment because what happened was my biggest nightmare is when our, our, our like uh handyman that helps us out at the house he just took off part of the ceiling and it was like black and i was like okay so out we go we moved to an airbnb and that's when you came into our lives i believe uh because that same best friend who is way more versed in in this world than i was at the time she said you know you have to call american restoration and they're the only option uh, they're the best, you know, and your team came out and I mean, I can't say enough amazing things about all the people on your team, you know, but Jeff specifically comforted us and, you know, handled the whole thing. And like, we did the whole house because this was going to be our forever home now. And I wanted to have a baby, you know, I kept saying like, okay, whatever we need to do, like I need it to be safe. I just need it to be safe. And turns out this house was built, you know, badly, first of all. And then like, it just needed remediation in almost every room. 
And this was not the time in my life to skip anything because I wanted to have a baby who was alive. So like every decision I made in 2020, 2021 and 2022 was towards getting pregnant again and having a baby and, and giving Carmela a sibling and like healing these broken hearts that we had. Um, and so, you know, your company came out and we left for two months. It was like, you know, 70 some days or whatever. And, and we did, uh, we tried to make it an adventure. Carmel still talks about the Airbnbs that we stayed at <laughs> and the headache. And we took, you know, we, we had moved in furniture and then we moved it all out and got it cleaned. And, um, I feel like we need like six episodes because I could talk all about how we cleaned our furniture, how we cleaned our clothes, you know, Lori in, 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 uh, Orange County, I've sent so many people to her because we sent, you know, all of our belongings to her. Luckily they were brand new. Obviously the stuff in New Jersey, we, we got rid of all of it, except what we could fit in a washing machine is what we were told mm-hmm. or things worth it. Like not any pillows or, you know, anyway. Yeah. That could, again, that could be a whole other episode. The whole cost versus worth discussion for sure. (laughs) Sure. And I did listen to you. I mean, you were so lovely also comforting me and Paul. And, you know, you were really honest about your opinion and and we took it so serious. I really want to say, like, I feel like some people probably try to really do the minimum here. And this is the type of thing that I just think you can't because like, what I began to understand is like, how could you do this, but not that? Like, it, it feels like it would negate some, what of the whole process. If you, you know, are like, you remediate all your walls, but you don't clean your furniture. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it felt like <clears throat> it was so overwhelming, but it was so important. Again, I feel like it was like, and look, maybe if I was done family building and if I was um, less, I don't know, me and cared a little less or something like maybe I, I would have like had a different experience or different story, but I don't know. We did it all, you know, and you know that. And, and then what's crazy. And this is my favorite part of the book. When, if, if I ever write it and people are reading it is the day we're moving back in, or I should say the night before we were moving back into the house, we turned on our HVAC systems. Right. So it was only, and I tell this story all the time, by the way, it was only 24 hours. There's no chance, <coughs> excuse me, that it was more than 24 hours because the HVAC system was off the whole time we were doing this. So we turned the HVAC system on the day before we're moving back. We come back. We're making this big, grandiose, we're back in our house. It's going to be a new chapter. We're trying to make the most of it. And we see the moving truck pull up with Lori's, you know, guys are bringing us back our furniture, about to have our move-in day again. We're pretending it's the first time, even though it's the second. And the ceiling starts dripping water in our hallway, right under our HVAC system. And I swear, Paul started to cry hysterically. <laughs> like, I mean, real tears just lost it. Was like, nope. Like, that was his limit. And poor Paul, because... You know, he held us together through all of our grief, all of our trauma, all these experiences. And then at the at the buzzer, we're moving back in and we have this leak. And I was the level-headed one. I'm holding Paul. He's crying hysterically. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Jeff's like, I'm coming right back. I mean, they literally <laughs> turned around and came back. I remember that call. And within, but what's wild is when they took down that drywall, which they honestly like didn't do that hallway so they were we were just looking for the first time but it was like the one place of the house that was like not not problematic not a problem (laughs) yeah and but when they pulled down the the drywall it was green already 
That's 24 hours that it was leaking. That's it. So I, that changed my life forever. I was like, oh my goodness, right? How many 30 years people leave after a leak? You know what I mean? Like one day and it was already creating just whatever it does. And I was like, oh my God. So we, we got very lucky. They fixed it right away. We've not had an issue since, but what a journey, like what a journey. Now I will say before we go into anything else, the good news is we lived in this house for a year and a half. I did every detox possible. I cared so much. I dedicated my life to getting well. And then in May or April, no, February of 2022, I got pregnant and I had our beautiful rainbow magical baby pixie. She arrived in October of 2022 and she's healthy and she's here. And we were able to, oh my goodness, you know, have this beautiful, beautiful, uh, healing experience after the worst experience of our whole lives. I sometimes say like, and it's pretty dramatic, but I always say like, it just, it ruined our lives. The mold, the mycotoxins, the house of Montclair, you know, I I'm like, I'm devastated truth, truthfully, you know, but <clears throat> we're finally on the other side of it. We did all the work. We did all the research. We had amazing people like you. We had the best team ever. We had, we're so grateful for all the people that came in and helped us and loved us and taught us everything. And then we were able to live in this like beautiful, safe environment and create another baby. And she's here and she's healthy. So, oof, oof. That's it. That's I remember I remember um seeing the news on Instagram and congratulating you and uh, I'm, I'm, I want to congratulate you again here while we're in person. Um Thank you. you know what you've been through is horrifying. I mean absolutely yeah. horrifying and yeah. getting you to the other just me being able to help somebody get through the other side of such a challenge even if I played such a small role is exactly why I'm here, you know. Um, and why I realize that I just want to keep doing this. And hopefully for you, you want to keep shouting this from the rooftops too, because oh, I sure do. You know, I, you know, I I will be that guy that nobody wants to invite over for free anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. To to just have dinner or something. Um, but at the end of the day, it's worth it because if people start to realize that there's a problem and then that they can actually do something about it, I mean. I know accessibility is a huge problem we're trying to tackle at the foundation. We can get into that. So that could be its own episode too, I'm sure. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's, we first have to understand and know the information. Yeah. Because like, you know, you were there for 168 days before you realized there's a problem. Yeah. And 168 days did a lot of damage. Right. Yeah. And then you spent a year and a half trying to undo that 168 days worth of, yeah. You know, damage that was done. And so we want, we want people to, to get there faster, you know, come yeah. to that realization faster so they can take action faster. Even if they can't remediate, get out, yeah. go to an Airbnb, exactly. go somewhere, figure it out. Yeah. Um, do you, do you feel, I mean, usually people become pretty sensitive when they, you know, have this big exposure. Do you, yeah. can you tell when you're in, in an environment that's kind of not the best for you? hundred percent. And what's, <clears throat> what's crazy is I, well, I keep testing my blood like every six months. Cause I'm, you know, I was trying to make a baby. And so I needed to know like how, what was going on in my system. And, 
I want to say I just tested my blood maybe, maybe a month ago and it looks so good and I'm very healthy and everything's okay, but I still have such a sensitivity to all these molds and the doctors that I've been talking to and working with, you know, they said like, you might just have this, this allergy now and, uh, because of what I've been through. So like, I can literally tell And again, I mean, I'm looking (laughs) like, let's be serious. Like I actually, this is maybe only funny for you and me, but I think it was, Paul was like, let's go on a date. Like, let's do a staycation in LA, you know, like let's stay at the Chateau Marmont. I'm like, you mean Chateau Marmont? I was like, (laughs) no way. (laughs) So I am obnoxious now. Like I am like... No, I don't want to stay in an old hotel. Like when we go to New York City, I feel like the Pendry is like the only hotel in Manhattan that is like mold free. I've done my friends have done so much research. That friend Alyssa, who's like, you know, she's up there with me. I have one friend who I can like mold chat with. She's done a bunch of research. And anyway, the answer is yes, I can feel it. I can feel when we go to my parents' house, I can feel we stayed at my in-laws' house and did I send my mother-in-law pictures of the mold I found in her home? Yes, I did. And <laughs> am I sorry about it? No. <laughs> you know, it was like the the like bathtub thing that you twist. Like there was literally like I could see it, you know? And like so I just this is just my new reality, you know? And again, I'm an extreme case. I hope no one goes through the trauma that I went through to get here. I love what you're doing because I absolutely hope that people get there sooner too. That's always sort of my MO too. Like when I share my story, a lot of times I don't even say like, so how's your house? Like, I don't have to. Everyone sometimes like they just bring it up to me because they're like, like, I'll just be telling my story and they're like, oh man, what about my house? You know, it it just like sparks that thought Mm -hmm. in them. And, um, But when I go places that are really old or even sometimes I can't tell what's wrong, but I know something's wrong. I can feel it in my body. So yes, I'm extremely sensitive to it now. And I don't know if that's ever going to go away. It definitely won't go away in my thought process, but physically, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. I'm still going to keep trying. I mean, I have to work on sort of like the rest of my, cause once I got pregnant and then had Pixie and now I'm still breastfeeding, like I can't do the work I was doing, but I'm going to pick up where I left off and keep going <clears throat> because I would love to see my blood at like zero. Like I would love to like get it all completely out and do things like ozone treatment. And, um, you know, there's so much that, again, that's a whole other episode. Just like so all many the- you can do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm in touch with all those people. It's like a whole world of like biohacking that I'm now a part of. Like I'm one step away from a cold plunge. I'm about to get <laughs> a stupid cold plunge. And that's the last thing my house needs. And then I'm officially a biohacker. Okay. But again, I only got here because of that. So this is the silver lining that like maybe my life will be better and longer because I found this stuff out. And, you know, I just want to say, Again, I don't think things happen for a reason necessarily like losing a child, but if we had not lost Rosie, me, Paul, and Carmela could still be in that very moldy house. So I do think it's important that that happened in a sense that it saved our lives. You know, we got out. And so the raising awareness to people like, look, it's up to you to do the work. It's really hard and you have to be brave and you have to be, you know, inquisitive and you have to be curious and all these things. And, And like, 
handle your results. I mean, it was so hard. Like I said, I'm walking on the treadmill and I'm just crying and I'm like, wait, I have a blood disorder. Wait, I have mold poisoning. Wait, I can't go back to my house in New Jersey. Wait, my house in LA is leaking. Like this was so much emotionally, you know, I had to do a lot of therapy. I had to take care of myself. It is not light work. It is very heavy, heavy work. And, you know, that's because we jumped in, you know, but it happened to us. Like we really had to, we really had to like survive, you know, and the goal would be absolutely, please, please find out about this before it affects you that way. You know, that's like the worst case scenario is what we went through. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, unfortunately there's a lot more people that I notice, um, just because I talk to so many people on a daily basis that are developing a sensitivity afterwards and it can be really, it could, that could take the longest to go away. Cause you're, it's like the stimulus response mechanism. Your body gets into that flight or flight when it thinks you're in a similar situation, even though scientifically you might not be in a similar situation. It's, yeah. it's just, it's not differentiating between the types of, you know, particles that are coming into contact with your body and the amounts. Um, so it's, it's been, oh, that's, that's, that's been the biggest me. challenge. Yeah, that's definitely, I'm, I'm super affected by it. You know, I'm trying to stay hopeful, <laughs> but well, the, the gift in that is at least you will know without needing to get a test done or any other scientific tools right away. Bingo. bingo. But you know, I'm this still place. doing tests. Yeah, no, of course, I, of course. I just did like a, a yearly, I feel like I just did our whole house maybe two months ago just to make sure, but oh, oh, information's power. Definitely. But yeah, you can, yes. you can, you can, you can not get yourself into a vacation place, uh, that you're supposed to be in for two weeks hotel or something. Room the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you, you know, Many people have gone through, um, and unfortunately will continue to go through similar challenges. Um, you, you, you've had some, some very unusual challenges, obviously compounded into one story, but you know, there, there will be pieces of your story that will match with other people. Um, you know, what do you think it will take to really make the change regarding the true impacts poor air quality can have for our society? Oof. Well, honestly, <clears throat> I would say the first thing is talking about it, right? What we're doing. So I find that that goes the longest way is like sharing about it because when I heard about it, it was sort of the first time I heard about it, right? So if I just use me as an example of being ignorant, it was not by choice. Like I said, I'm obsessed with health. I've always been really into being healthy and all the the new trends and all the drinking celery juices and all these things. So like the fact I missed this is like very rare to me for how in this health world I am. So I think sharing the information any way we can. So for instance, like when I finally was sharing my story, I had to get all my sort of ducks in a row because I was dealing with all these doctors and I was trying to change the protocol for women with the American College of uh, Obstetricians and Gynecologists to test women for the blood clotting condition I have, right? That's that's my little uh, Aaron Brockovich like movement I want to do. But the reason why I like waited is because I wanted to be really educated when I spoke about it and also, you know, talk to the right people first. <clears throat> but talking about it is faster than changing it. So like, I'm still waiting around for the ACOG and for all this, this like protocol that has to happen. And I'll do that work because I've got the time, I got nothing to lose and I'm passionate about it. 
to do it in honor of Rosie, <clears throat> but talking about it is faster. So me going on the Today Show and talking about it, Good Morning America, and talking about it, sharing about it on Instagram, you know, advocating for women to advocate for themselves, right? Like that's the biggest work I'm going to do. So what you're doing, I think, is the most important thing. And this right here is sharing about it through avenues that people are just like, are are listening, right? So like online, all these places and from people that they listen to or admire or follow, because unfortunately, like it'll present itself if it needs to, when it's a little too late, right? Like for me, yeah. like, so the best thing that could happen is for people to just be like, oh, I wonder if that's why I'm feeling so weird. Cause it always, I think is like an invisible symptom, right? This is what I've also learned too, uh, that mold, or it's like the most misdiagnosed thing, you know, in your body. So it's like, for women, especially, it's 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 misdiagnosed as a thyroid problem a lot of times, or infertility. Mm-hmm. For men, I know Paul; uh, he had celiac. He couldn't have gluten when we lived in New Jersey. We moved to LA, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. So him, it was in his his GI tract, like it was. It presented itself. These are things that no one would know unless they're hearing it. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then also, because the other thing is, you know, it's our culture. We're told to go to this doctor instead of this doctor. But but the, you know, American way is just to treat the symptom, right? So unless we're seeing these special natural paths and these special doctors that like want to get to the bottom of it or, or, or toxicologists, you know, that's not on the list of covered doctors, you know? So it's like, whew, it's quite a journey, you know, and I don't have the answers, I think, but I, I, I do think that word of mouth, sharing about it, this is, this is where it begins. This is the only way. I mean, I feel <clears throat> so passionate now about sharing my story because if anyone is listening and really hears me and actually tests their house or actually tests their blood, which is the thing I'm advocating for, it could just save people. You know, it's like, yeah. so it's so, um, it sounds so dramatic, but it's not, you know, like if people, if women are tested for this blood clotting thing before they miscarry, they take blood thinner and then their baby can survive. Like that is a massive oversight. Yeah. Right. So it's almost similar with, with, with air quality. It's an oversight. Like you're just like living, walking around earth and just, and your home and your, all these environments and you're just not thinking about it. So I think it, the key is to just change your thinking. And as soon as you're aware of it, I I think it's kind of hard to unthink it, you know? So that would be my. I totally agree. I totally agree. Before we end off today, is there yeah. anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get to share yet? No, I've told you literally everything. <laughs> and can I, can I make one suggestion for you? Sure. For this book. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, you should release an album that coincide the release of the book. Okay. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. No, mainly because I I personally love your music and my family oh. does, and so many other people listening to this probably do. But thank you, thank you. Okay, I'll probably do that. <laughs> I um I do have music coming out this year. I probably should promote it. I have three albums coming out this year. Wow, um, you got busy. I know. Well, yes and no. I I did have a baby, so I'm not touring. But I did, uh, I did an album last year, like a live album that we're going to put out. And then 
I can't really say what the other ones are because it's one is very obvious because I have a couple of lullaby records, but one is kind of a bit of a surprise. So anyway, I have new stuff coming out. I don't know when I'll write this book, but I definitely want to continue to help with the conversation. So anything you ever need, I'm happy to do. I appreciate your work so much. Please know I'm walking around earth doing a lot of things that you do. I tell people to check their toilets. I, uh, I make people follow you on Instagram. I am shouting from my corner of the world as much as possible about mold, about mycotoxins, about imaginary symptoms or not imaginary about, uh, invisible symptoms and, uh, health issues and air quality. And I mean, even like, you know, we just made a record and, uh, the studio smelled a little musky. And I was like, I was like, I'm really going to need some air purifiers in here. (laughs) (laughs) And they did. And they filled the whole studio with air purifiers. Amazing. I have a feeling they're going to address whatever that was because I was like, I was so polite about it, but I just want you to know that I am doing that in in my daily life. And it's because honestly, it's such a huge part because of you and because of your team and what they have taught me. And, you know, I have to say thank you because if I hadn't met you and, and didn't live in this clean environment now, I might not have Pixie and my goodness, what a healing she has uh, given to our family. So, you know, thank you. Just thank you for all the work you're doing. Well, thank you for helping me do the work that I'm doing by shouting from the, the, your corner of the world here, because, you know, I think we, we, we just need to keep shouting. That's the only yeah. way we get there. Yeah. I feel so. you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. And um, can't wait for these albums to come out. And <laughs> can't wait for everybody to see this and hopefully, you know, really understand the brevity of this problem. 